0: What is up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nita. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We're just a couple of artsy bitches learning what makes art good and how to talk about it and all that sort sort of thing. And we are here to do that with our special guest and resident twink, Adeline Anderson. Hello, that's me. I'm back.
1: I thought you were going to call her our special friend.
0: That's gay. You
2: would not because that's gay and I'm not that. So. <laughs> maybe you are so don't worry have you it. ever considered that i am not
0: so don't worry it's more gay than calling her our resident twink which i didn't think we could get gayer than that but apparently we have we can it's We're always special. possible baby amazing what are we snacking on a snack is whatever is giving us artistic food and fuel uh, on this lovely week adeline what are you snacking on
2: I don't have, like, a v- very particular snack right now because I between the recording of the last episode and this episode, I've basically just I've moved back from New Hampshire to my home in Philadelphia. So I haven't had time to, to do much. I mean, I guess I'm still being kind of fueled. Again, I'm stealing from what I'm working on, but I've been kind of being fueled by just, like, the short film that I'm doing, which is a whole lot of fun, and I'm acting for the first time in, like... A long time, <laughs> so that's as I've mentioned in the last episode. It's weird to like act your own words, especially, but um, it's been a lot of fun, and I've been getting back into the swing of things. And I'm acting with a lo- my lovely seat par- scene partner Caitlin Can, who I've weirdly done like a lot of scenes with, both inside and outside of school. That's just been really fun. I've been enjoying doing that. And um, I also, this is not artistic, but yesterday I got to show Caitlin and Catherine around Philly, and that was really fun because it do be my city. And uh, I got to take them to the place where I used to work, <laughs> and we got pizza, Snap Custom Pizza, um, and so that was fun. And uh, yeah, so I don't really have like a particular artistic snack because I've been busy just like moving and stuff, but that's, that's what I would say.
0: That's so cute. They don't, they don't have to be artistic. They can just be I know, But you said fueling
2: yourself artistically. I guess what's fueling myself artistically is the Snap Custom Pizza that I had yesterday, and that's all Yes.
0: Now. Fuck yeah. So. Uh, Gaia, what are you snacking on?
2: Oh boy, so
1: me and Redacted have been watching a lot of <laughs> horror movies together. Um, not horror movies. Not actually... Ha- horror movies is absolutely the wrong word. Me and Redacted have been watching a lot of Halloween movies together as an exercise for fun. And we watched... We watched the first Halloween Town. Um, <gasps> mm-hmm. Stellar. Uh, we're going to watch the fourth Halloween Town soon. Possibly tonight. And we watched Corpse Bride, which wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be.
0: <gasps> okay, yeah, hot take.
1: That's a hot take. My hot take is yeah. that Corpse Bride isn't that good.
0: Hot take, but, like, you're right.
1: But, okay, you, wa- you want to know what's a hotter take? Paranorman mm. is one of the best movies ever made.
0: <gasps> yes! No, you're right. You're right. Like,
1: it was so good. You're correct. Like... Paranorman low key Loki was like life-changing
2: we've watched Paranorman and I like kind of have been thinking about it non-stop since
0: Coraline walked so Paranorman could run
2: I watched yeah. Coraline for the first time like two nights ago oh what did you think we, of it? we should watch Coraline it was less scary than I thought it was gonna be but it was more scary than I could have handled when I was an actual okay child. that
0: is the perfect perfect description yeah.
2: me and Catherine both watched Coraline for the first time Caitlin showed it to us and like I was scared by it as a child. I was, like, terrified. I was, like, I cannot watch this. And I still stand by the fact that it's too scary for, like, children. Like, it is weird. Like, she is trying to get her to sew buttons onto her eyes. But it was, like, fun and cool and enjoyable and, like, a genuinely very well done movie. And I also think that there's a lot of, like, hashtag metaphors about, like, childhood abuse. Not abuse, but, like, childhood neglect that could be unpacked from that movie. But again, another conversation. Next so yeah, those are my thoughts. I'm watching it for the first time. We should just become yeah. a Halloween movies only podcast.
0: That's a niche. I feel like there's so many podcasts that do that, though.
2: We can't
1: fit into a niche. We need a... We, no, we're too we big need, for a We niche. need
0: an umbrella so that, like, we can do High School Musical one week and then Parasite the next. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... Yeah. Like, we, we can't... We can't...
1: We're not confined.
0: We don't confine ourselves to a box. This is not a binary. It's a spectrum. Amazing. Guy, aren't you gonna ask me what I'm snacking on? Nita, what are you snacking on? Wow, Gaia. I'm so glad you asked. First off, I, I watched Hocus Pocus at a drive-in. Uh, on the We're weekend. watching Hocus
1: Pocus soon. It was
0: so good. Okay, Sarah Jessica Parker is, like, so hot in that movie, but not in any other context to me. Like, I'm so attracted to her just in Hocus Pocus. <laughs>
1: Also directed by whom? <laughs>
0: Kenny Ortega. Our king, Kenny, Our or king Ortega. Kenny Ortega. Our um, king, Mr. Kenny king. Ortega. But that's that's not my snack. My snack is uh, Jeremy O'Harris, uh, esteemed playwright and Tony-nominated uh, playwright. Jeremy O'Harris um, hosted a a. a, a L- "Quote unquote live reading of Heroes of the Fourth oh. Turning on Zoom." <gasps> I totally forgot to mention that I watched that. I watched it. too. I didn't watch thing. it. I it got, got tickets okay, and well, I never it's okay went because it's my snack. And it was yeah. Oh my god! I was texting Harris. Heroes when was, I was a watching really good it. play. It was it fucked me up and it, it was, was so good over zoom it was so like, good over like it was zoom. an
2: actual good zoom play it was the one actually like not even decent but good zoom play that i've seen yeah is it because, like i guess it kind of makes sense over zoom because they're all just like re-meeting they're just
0: talking yeah. yeah and like
2: they all did it in complete darkness mm. so like the backgrounds were all the same they were all just like black like it wasn't like a black like zoom background they were just all like in the dark yeah with like lights on them so it was like the same way that it is in the play where they're like in the around a campfire but anyway i'm stealing yeah the snack
0: honestly yeah I don't know how because I didn't get to see it when we were still in New York because I must have just like been busy or something but I knew I wanted to like read it or watch it or something so I'm really glad that Jeremy O'Harris like made that happen I'm also kind of glad that it had his approval before I watched it because as I was watching it I was like what is happening to me like what is this void what is this like thought spiral I'm going down and it was like Harris was texting me and I was texting him about it. And then he was like, have quote unquote fun while you're watching. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, this isn't fun, but this is good. Like, and I feel like all art, not all art has to be fun in that way. Even like, even. Will
1: Arbery is an amazing playwright.
0: Fantastic playwright. And I've like. And that um, monologue
1: at the end of Heroes fucked me up in person. Oh, it's insane.
0: She's so, oh my God.
1: She's so So good. So
0: good and like
1: and she just graduated from juilliard like just now
0: i'm yeah i miss juilliard i i can't that play was amazing it gave me like i just needed to be i needed to be watching something that made me feel more than just like nice and sweet like i just wanted something to call me out for a little bit and that was nice um and jeremy o'harris on his instagram has been doing these coronavirus mixtapes and they're so they're just so fun i love him um he's awesome and then my other thing that I just did recently with some friends, because my friend Alyssa was like, why is James Corden being cast in all these musicals? What's happening? What would what if we just edited James Corden into every musical? So I've been photoshopping James Corden into the backgrounds of musicals, and um, they're all on my Instagram if you want to look at them. Because
1: <laughs> they're so stupid. I love that, like... That like we contain multitudes because like we can be pretentious about heroes of the fourth turning in one moment and then in the next moment like talk about how High School Musical and Kenny Ortega are the best like Kenny Ortega is the best creator of our time. This is
0: exactly why we cannot be a niche podcast. We
1: cannot be niche.
0: We cannot be niche. We are
1: too niche for niche.
0: We are too niche for niche. That's so sexy. Okay, should we just get we should into put that on a should T-shirt? We, we that should be our slogan. <laughs>
1: Let's get into it.
0: Let's get into it.
1: But first, a roadmap. Yes. Are you new to Bitch Why the podcast? Do you want to know what the structure of our episodes are? Well, I'm here to let you know that our episodes are made up of four parts. Bitch What, an introduction to what we're talking about. Bitch, how a technical of how it succeeds, how it fails. Um, not that those words mean anything. As a piece of art. Bitch Time, three minutes where we don't get to think. We don't have to think and we don't get to think. And we just say shit. Um, And finally, Bitch Why, sum up of the implications and why everything matters and why anything matters. And the Bitch Meter, a little diversity score meter, which we learned math just to give to you. All of our episodes are like this, except for the one about Taylor Swift. (laughs) Which we will never make another one like that ever again, Uh -uh. so don't worry.
0: No, no, please. I can't. I can (laughs) never. In Bitch Why updates, our franchise horror showdown will be done on Friday. So when we release the podcast episode, we'll know which uh, horror franchise we're going to do our bonus episode on. Oh, is boy. is exciting. Right now it's between The Conjuring and then Friday the 13th and SAAR having a showdown today. So we'll know between whatever Ooh. those three, which one we have to do.
1: Am I allowed to say that I hope it's The Conjuring? I've I never mean, seen it. And we're going to have
0: to do the entire Conjuring franchise. So it'll be Conjuring 1 and 2 and then The Nun and then Annabelle.
1: Oh wow. I have a lot of i uh, redacted and I have to get on that.
0: Yeah, if that's the one that wins, which I think it might be, which kind of makes me sad cuz I was really hoping Halloween was going to win. But I that's cuz like am I'm, I'm I'm an old school horror person.
1: We're really like extending like our Halloween month like past Halloween. Oh,
0: Halloween. Like November
1: time, is also Halloween. Time, and that's legal. And
0: that's fine cuz time's not fucking real. Also what thanksgiving movie are we gonna watch thanksgiving's a stupid ass holiday so. i was about to say
2: like november does not need er, sorry yeah november, november does not need to be reserved for thanksgiving because thanksgiving is a stupid colonialist racist genocidal holiday and um halloween is better the
0: real horror is colonial genocide exactly amazing we should uh, we should watch
1: specifically horror movies that focus on colonization
0: okay. Okay. I as there's actually a lot of great writing about why in a lot of uh horror uh things are at the like the the ghosts are because of like an Indian burial ground and it's like based in a manifestation of colonial guilt. Cool, cool, cool. What are we talking about this week? I'm glad you
1: asked, Nita. We're talking about <laughs> still stranger things. <laughs> the problem. Speaking of colonialist art, oh we're talking about stranger
0: things. Oh? Okay, I mean like, yeah, go off. Yeah. Is, is
2: Stranger Things colonialist? I think it kinda is.
0: I would say I would say it's more.
2: I mean, I think every TV show about America is inherently colonialist, but like, especially one with like only white people in it. Um, yeah, it's
0: very restorative history, restorative and like nostalgia history. It's very MAGA of it. <laughs> okay okay, now it's time for bitch what uh where we talk about what the thing is how did you guys get into season two of stranger things Nitha, you tell you
1: speak first
0: um i was in a tumultuous relationship with the person and so we like got together, watched Stranger Things 1, broke up, watched Stranger Things 2 in the middle of maybe being a thing again. Uh, So that's how I watched Stranger Things 2 and they always wanted to, like, fuck while we were watching it and I was like, I'm trying to watch Stranger Things. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I I was like, I only have enough brain space to watch Stranger Things or have sex with you, so it mostly came down to just let's watch Stranger Things because I didn't really like the only thing that i take away from that season is dustin and steve and then also the terrible indian character and then season three <laughs> i watched in a hotel room in the summer of last summer before i was trying to move into my apartment um and so i watched it all in a day and then i watched when they see us right afterwards which was like incredibly oh. depressing Oh wow. <laughs> and I was why did I do that to myself? Anyway, um, that's how. Gaia, how did you get into Stranger Things Season 2 and 3?
1: Oh, God. Uh, see, I asked, but I actually like have no idea. Yeah. Um, my Stranger Things Season 2, absolutely have no memory. I have no idea when it came out, where I was when it came out, who yeah. I was when it came out. I have no memory at all. of. Stranger it was our senior year of high two. school. So I uh, have fully repressed senior year of high school. Okay, well, that makes sense. Entirely and completely. In in case anyone ever wonders how depressed I was senior year of high school, I have no memory at all of senior year of high school. Besides, like, the various times I, like, cried during school, which was, like, twice.
2: I cried during school a lot senior year. We love that. Anyways.
1: I I fully repressed it. And so, Stranger Things Season 2, absolutely no fucking clue. About anything, was your
0: senior year of high school bad or were you normal?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> it's so weird. People have like good senior years of high school. I cannot imagine. No, I did not like, have imagine good that of high school, that's the best year of their life, and then it just like goes downhill from there. At so. least I
1: know my life won't be shitty because my senior year of high school wasn't good. Yes, um, exactly. Season two, I, I remember like there was like a big deal like leading up to season two. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like season two was the first season of Stranger Things that didn't just, like, appear on Netflix one day, and then everyone was like, oh my god, Stranger Things is here. And then, like, like season three, like, f- like, it felt like we were all, like, waiting for it, and then it showed up, and we, like, all watched it right when it showed up. Oh, yeah. And then I remember crying a lot during Officer David Harper's monologue <laughs> at the oh, end. Oh,
0: yeah, I cried at the end of that.
1: Which is weird because it's not even (gasps) like it's
0: not even that like emotional.
1: It's not even that good. Because also he
0: doesn't die, and you're like you're like they're not. And you know he's not
2: dead. Yeah, you know he can't be Um, dead. I think there's something to be said
0: about the like found father sort of thing, but I have a lot of issues. But he is kind of an asshole. Yeah, I have a lot of issues with that relationship, and so like... like it's kind of not earned, but still the emotional gravity of that moment is still there. Anyway, Adeline.
2: Yes. So I I discussed season two a little bit in my last thing because I watched season one and two all at the same time. So I'm not going to rehash my hashtag stranger things saga, but like, (laughs) yeah. So I basically watched season two, I think directly after watching season one, I like don't remember. All I remember about watching season two is again, as I said, like I would be really obnoxious and dramatic while watching the special near the end of season two, because I watched it during my free periods at school. Um, and then I fa- fell down like a little bit of a hyperfixation hole after season two came out. Um, and then with season three, I watched it as Guy was mentioning, it was kind of like hyped up until it came out. And then I tried to watch it right um, when it did. I didn't watch it all in one day because that was last summer and I was like working. But I remember I watched um, part of the finale on one of my half an hour lunch breaks at work. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting at one of the tables at my custom pizza restaurant like watching like the the Battle of Starcourt Mall or whatever and like I think I watched the part where like Hopper fake died and I was like oh my god. I also watched an episode in the car with my brother while we were on our way to like go like watch fireworks for the 4th of July. And I was like cuz it came out over the summer and all that. Um but yeah so i guess that's my way of getting into seasons two and three is like less dramatic of the way that i got into season one but that's basically it and i remember season three coming out and being like excited for it but also as i mentioned previously being like eh, it's probably not going to be that good and it wasn't but that's what this episode is yeah. about so yeah. and then i remember season four was announced and i was like please god
0: but i think oh, season four is the just last one die. right
2: no, I think it's going to
1: five.
0: No, fuck is me. It qu- no. no, I think it's going to five. Oh, oh no. I think it, but I think no. they were
1: like, it's going to go to five. And
2: and then it's going to be over. <sighs>
1: but it's already kind of jumped the shark, so.
2: Yeah. They have already released a teaser for season four where they're like, guess what? Hopper's alive and he's in a Russian gulag. And I'm like, okay. why? Why is this? Why, why is Stranger
1: Things the Red Scare? Can someone no, explain?
2: Why does Netflix have issues with, like, having like anti-russian propaganda because apparently they had that in the umbrella academy season two too yeah,
0: umbrella academy season two had a lot of <laughs> anti-russians i mean chernobyl which was on hbo like last year yeah. was like the year of like fuck russia which like like what i don't anyway anyway um whatever
1: which i guess kind of is in line with the weird election shit
0: yeah sorry I'm yeah making... it is no you're right i feel like i feel like i don't i feel like we don't need to recap Season two and three. It's just, they're both so fucking convoluted.
2: I feel like for season two, what we can say is, um, Upside Down is still there. Not just Demodogs, but big mind flayer dude. And he possesses Will. Season three... There's big mind flayer dude. He's not dead yet. He's still not dead. He's bigger, more powerful, and also rats. And also like invasion of the body, rats! like invasion of the body snatchers. For rats. Oh rats. yeah, people. Other people get possessed that are yeah. will, but they get possessed to like a higher degree than will got. Yeah, possessed. and like and that's yeah. The okay. Recap. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: that's good. I think yeah. That's I good. forgot about the rats. Yeah. Okay,
1: I'm so excited. Let's get
0: into love bitch how. This is where we talk about how the thing succeeds or fails as a piece of art and all the little nuances in how that uh, discussion happens. Gaia, Stranger Things problem. This is the moment we've been waiting for.
1: Okay, so my three greatest problems with Stranger Things. Um, number one, season two introduces a bunch of queer-coded counterculture characters and immediately demonizes them and talks about how bad they are. Yes. That sucks. Why did they do that? Only white people are allowed to be gay? Number two, I don't want to watch 14-year-olds make out. I don't care about their relationships. Yes, yes And yes. I don't want, I just don't yeah. want it. And I, like, have never not wanted anything more than I have exactly. ever not wanted to watch the relationship drama between all of the 14-year-olds in Stranger Things. It's, like, gross, and I don't care about it. And then number three, the grand finale, the creme de la creme of my Stranger Things problems is the Stranger Things problem, which I planted a seed of it and now I will, I will sow the harvest of the Stranger Things problem. Sexy. Which is that if you create a universe that is drawing on the nostalgia factor of a previous time and so you like, you jam pack it with the aesthetics of that time, let's say the 80s, and then choose to ignore the political implications of that era, but still acknowledge that the political implications of that era exist without addressing them in an important way, you just are too much of a coward to talk about racism because you don't feel like casting black people in your shows. Mm. The exactly. the Great Stranger Things problem is like mostly revolves around Lucas and Erica being the only two black characters and existing in a world that is the 80s, so like we know contextually that the 80s was like big on racism. Um, cause like Ronald Reagan was
2: like,
1: <laughs> anyway, the wheelers <laughs> su- voted for Reagan. Stop. Yeah. The wheelers voted for Reagan. Um, but we, so we know that racism exists in that era, but stranger things doesn't actually want to talk about racism. It don't wants to talk about monsters and stuff, but instead of like cutting racism out entirely and creating a racism free universe and having tons of people of color in it and like, just like living its best life they decide to kind of acknowledge the racism but kind of chalk it up to individual characters prejudices which is like a super danger dangerous way of talking about any social issue and I think it's one of the greatest problems with media today we talk about this in like every single episode but it's the idea that we can take a systemic issue and boil it down to individual prejudice which is simplistic and cowardly yes and that's what I that's how I wanted to kick kick off.
0: Amazing. I have some specific examples I wanted to mention. I think that the what the show does is it puts racism in it to show that racism existed, but then doesn't deal with the context of that and then chalks it up to the individual moral failings of people. Of individual people, and so you have like Billy who comes in and he's like super racist to Lucas um and is the sole example of racism in the American Midwest in the eighties, um and he's also the villain, so like they, they they make him racist to Lucas to just signal like, oh, he's the villain and then then there's like that weird moment where they tell Lucas like um the the boys tell Lucas he has to be the black ghostbuster, yeah. but that's like that's also like, so. They, they could have had because like every kid of color and like during Halloween has like had that like you get like, oh, no, you have to be scary spice. Oh, no, you have to be Jasmine. Oh, you have to be like, that's such a moment and they don't say anything about it. Nor does Lucas ever get to have a moment of being like, guys, that's racist. Or like it's racist of you to like make me be this person. What if I, that's not the character I relate to? Like, there's never any like, and I feel like, and we talked about this in the in the first episode, but like Lucas really never gets anything of substance to do, and and I think giving him a white girlfriend as like a way to mitigate his arc and like giving him a romance plot, it feels icky to me
1: it's also frustrating how apathetic lucas is in general to the plot like like one of lucas's main character functions is being the cynical person and him being the apathetic one he's also like apathetic to his like experience of race which is not like necessarily like i don't know i don't know what like the optics are on that but like he's the only character of color and like i don't think that every like black child in a tv show should have to like grapple with racism like i think Stranger Things could have just been an aesthetically 80s universe that didn't really, like, actually hit on the 80s things. In order for that to work, they would have had to have more people of color in it. And I'm still not totally sure on this, like, I I think, but I think that there's possibly a universe. Have you ever heard of, there's a webcomic, it's maybe called Revel and Riot? rebel riot Mm -hmm. it takes place in the 50s and it's about a bunch of queer motorcycle gangs and it like occasionally touches on like homophobia and racism in the 50s but really it's just wants the aesthetic of having a bunch of gay motorcycle games gangs but the way they combat the fact that they don't really want to touch the racism of the 50s is that they just fill their cat their cast with people of color and with queer characters and they're like you know what this just exists in our universe there's nothing Like, we want to have a universe that's full of people of color and we don't want to watch them suffer all the time. Well, And that's, like, how they want to do with that. Yeah.
0: I think that what is hard for me, and I've not seen this, I've not looked at this comic, but that looks really cool, and I think that that's a good way to get around that issue. But, like, Umbrella Academy Season 2, spoiler alert, not really spoiler alert, because it happens at the end of Season 1, you're like, where do they go? They go to the 60s. And, um it actually deals with, like, what each character would, like, potentially actually be put in the face of if they were to be catapulted into the 60s, and it doesn't shy away from it, which I really, really like, and it actually, like, informs the plot in a way that is actually interesting and fun, and, like, there's moments where that feel, like, grossly close to today but i think that like that season came out at like the right time because stranger things one does not have a cast that is incredibly diverse so then you don't need to acknowledge the stuff nor does it really acknowledge racism classism and sexism in interesting or or like helpful ways I think that you can't just have the aesthetic of the 80s. Like, I think that it's kind of a disservice to not acknowledge what actually the 80s was like, because you have shows now that are doing that. You have, like, Pose, which is fully dealing with uh, what uh, Black and Latinx trans women were facing in uh, New York in the 80s, and you have... Um, Lovecraft Country, which I think, I feel like, and I think my big takeaway, uh, that I wanted to get to later, but I'll just say it now, is that Stranger Things existed in this beautiful, like, bottle of when it came out in that first season, and I think now we've moved past Stranger Things, because you, you, I mean, you have them using, like, these Lovecraftian characters, um, Stranger Things is full of references, but I think that... Now we're in a post-Stranger Things world where we don't need Stranger Things anymore. And you have things like Lovecraft Country. You have that season of Umbrella Academy that's actually like, okay, but what actually happens when you have characters of color in um time periods that weren't so great to people of color? And I just don't think that is necessary anymore. And I think another part of your Stranger Things problem is one making erica a capitalist oh my is god gross, absolutely disgusting god, it's so weird but in my rewatch so of weird. season three i also picked out this moment where nancy is uh trying to investigate the rat situation right and she and jonathan are in the car arguing because jonathan is like hi i'm gonna lose my job if you keep going after this thing And then Nancy's like, you're not listening to me because I'm a woman. And you're just like all those shitty men at our office. And Jonathan's like, okay, but I'm poor and I'm going to lose my job. Versus Nancy's like, I'm a woman. But then at the end of it, Jonathan like confronts his privilege as a man. But Nancy never has to confront her privilege as a wealthy white person. And I think also you have her mom, who has never been like an interesting Uh character... Against she voted ends up for giving Reagan. her Sorry. this. She also voted for Reagan, but her mom gives <laughs> her this like feminist pep talk, and you're like, "Why? When did that? Like, where? The like, fuck you did fucked that come a 17
2: year
1: old. Why did you fuck a 17 year old?"
0: Yeah, like Nancy Wheeler is like a
2: decent woman in season one, but then in seasons two and three, it's like she voted
0: for Reagan, so she's racist, and she's also a predator. <laughs> So I think the the fault of Stranger Things and the universe it's created in which it doesn't want to uh talk about racism or sexism or classism is then when you have two characters who one is affected by classism and one is affected by sexism they can't agree with each other even though one up for 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 working on feminism is a one up for working on issues of class and and they don't ever exactly. come to a moment of agreeing and and it doesn't make us feel that there can be dissonance or that two people can suffer at the same time.
1: Stranger Things suffers from something we talked about a little bit in the Hamilton episode, which is, like, the gay marriage commercial issue. Um, Mm. Not to, like, have all these, like, various issues that I give, like, weird quirky names in order to, like, help myself categorize them, but it's the idea that I've kind of invented. That is, people can make commercials with gay people in them after it's societally acceptable to accept gay people and gain all the clout of progressiveness without taking any risks of, like, pissing off conservative folks. So once gay marriage is legal, you're allowed to make commercials with gay people in them. But before gay marriage is legal, you're not allowed to make commercials with gay people in them. And similarly, Stranger Things can't talk about anything progressive in a way, that would alert any conservative viewers. It can only talk about sexism post Me Too, but it can't talk about classism because it's not sexy to talk about class yet. And right. so Stranger Things is just too cowardly to grapple with any of the issues inherent. And like, I guess writing from the perspective of white men, the, the white men who grew up in the 80s. The
0: Duffer Brothers. Yeah, I
1: don't know a lot about what their life situation was when they were growing up in the 80s, so I'm not going to, like, make any comments on that, but, like, being a white man in the 80s puts you in a certain position of privilege that it's, like, important to acknowledge. I I think when you grow up in that situation, you don't see the world of the 80s as a dangerous place because it's not a dangerous place for you. It's a dangerous place for the people who inhabit the world alongside of you that you don't necessarily have to interact with because you're a white guy and it's the 80s. And so when you think of the 80s, you think about all the nostalgic aesthetics. But when people of color and queer people think about the 80s, they think about, like, um, being killed in mass epidemics and by police. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like, I think it's just, like, a general, like... I think it's a combination of gay marriage commercial issue, which... Again, one of my quirky names for media problems. (laughs) And also, if you grow up in this situation, you don't have to think about your world beyond the aesthetic of what is cool about that world. Which is funny because the aesthetic is usually invented by the people who are being hit the hardest by it.
2: Yes, exactly. And something that I just thought of that I need to say before I forget... Um, that relates to your the marriage commercial issue. Is that what it's called? Anyways, that you were talking about where, where like it's acceptable to do this thing, so we're gonna talk about it, but not to talk about class. So we're not gonna talk about that. This is something that I wanted to talk about in this episode anyway, but I just realized ties to that is how they set up a gay character and will but then never have him come up, but then they throw in this random lesbian character in season three. Yes. Yeah. And I always had an issue with that. When Robin came, and I've never really realized exactly what it is until maybe this second, but like, I was like, so you're just gonna throw in this, like, I love Robin and I love that she's gay. She's a great character. I love Robin. But like, when she first came out, I, I was like, no, they they don't want to go through the trouble. They just throw in this random lesbian character, so they're like, we love gay people, we're getting gay representation points. But I feel like it's this thing where like it's societally acceptable for people to be gay, and it's societally acceptable for people to just like have this moment where they're like, no, I'm gay. But- They don't want to talk about the nuances with like Will's character represents what they don't want to talk about which is the nuances of coming to terms with being gay and the issues of like having to deal with your friends all having relationships while you feel different and you don't understand why you feel different like Stranger Things doesn't want to address because society doesn't want to address like the actual nitty gritty of figuring out that you're gay, but they're fine with like gay people who already have it all figured out. So that's why they're like, okay, Robin can be gay, but we're not going to have Will come out. Also, the
1: fact that like, it's very convenient for the writers of Stranger Things to have Robin come out to Steve, who everyone in the universe likes and have Steve have a positive reaction to that and have a positive coming out experience. When in reality, coming out in the 80s, I mean, coming out is really complicated right now, like, some people are in huge positions of privilege when they come out, and some people aren't. But, like, coming out is always going to be complicated. Coming out in the 80s was incredibly complicated, and so having a scene where a woman comes out to her friend, and her friend is like, oh yeah, that's cool, I'm fine with that, kind of absolves Stranger Things of, like, having to deal with what it meant to be queer in the 80s, because being queer in the 80s is a huge can of worms. There are, like, millions
2: of worms in that can. Yeah, and they have that with Will, but they don't want to actually explore Yeah, And I think you also
0: have, like, this show is so informed by the current time we're living in now that I think that if we actually were watching, like, what kids would have behaved like in the 80s, I don't think we would like them. Yeah, I feel like they would be throwing slurs around like crazy. I feel like it would not be as fun to watch like this group of kids so i i can see why they make those changes but i also feel like robin being gay is a way for steve as a character to grow and i don't love that because what you're hoping like what steve's arc of season three is like oh my god i'm not as cool as i like it's the deconstruction of like the popular high school guy, like what Ferris Bueller actually would have turned out to be, because he's just not a school, and the only people who think he's cool are kids. And so he thinks that the way to like be a better person is to get a new girlfriend, right? And so he thinks that that's he thinks that that's gonna be Robin, and then Robin ends up being gay, and then he's like, oh my god, and then he's like forced to f- confront like actually what's what he's dealing with internally, and like why he thinks that his uh like why he feels so shitty right now. And then she helps him get a job. But, like, that was Maya Hawk's idea was to make Robin gay, so I think that it also thoroughly wasn't really interrogated. I also think that they throw in all these side characters as ways to test the waters. So if you don't like Robin and she ends up being gay, no, no harm, no foul. But if they make Will gay that's like he's a core character or was a core character that's why i was so irritated And will i think unfortunately is such a perfect example of what it feels like to lose your childhood to trauma and then like Mm -hmm. be dealing with that as your friends all like look like they're fine like gaia you mentioned like your senior year was shitty i also said my senior year of high school was shitty and like i remember a a huge symptom of depression is like not remembering um a lot of your life And, like, I feel like – I don't want to speak for everybody in this Zoom call, but, like, that's something I've experienced, too. And I feel like that's, like, what Will is going through as well. Like, it could be a perfect metaphor for that, but they don't want to make a core character deal with it because then they might lose a significant amount of their their fan base. But, like – and I also don't want them to focus on queer misery because that's also not fun. But you have to – but then if you're going to have Steve – react so easily then you have the same stranger things problem of like the moral fault of individual people versus like a systemic issue of homophobia.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's like the core of the stranger things problem is like the paradox of it. Like because like as an audience member who like has dealt with the good and bad of being queer and like coming to terms with that and coming out and everything that comes out comes with that. I know all of the horrors of being queer just as well as I know all of the joys of being queer. And so when I watch this TV show, I don't necessarily want to watch the queer people, like, shrivel inside, but it feels so inauthentic to watch queer characters thrive without any kind of, like, acknowledgement of them being queer. And so if you imagine that Stranger Things takes place in a world where being queer is just cool, then why does Stra- why does Robin have to come out at all? And if you imagine Stranger... Oh, Stranger Things exist in a world where being black is just cool, then why is Billy racist? Why is Billy racist? Yeah. And yeah. so you, as an audience member, aren't sure what to want because if you ask for them to like actually interrogate race or queerness, then they have to interrogate those things, and that's like hard and painful for you, and hard and painful for them. But if you ask them to ignore those things, that's like inauthentic. And I think you, as a writer, have to make a choice and like actually like kind of stick by it about what you want to do politically with your show. the The web comic I was um, referring to earlier is called Rock and Riot. Um, it's really cool I highly recommend it I think there's a universe where you can adopt the aesthetic and and ignore the problems I think you have to fill your cast with marginalized people who would have been affected by that and those people thriving I think you have to be full of those people thriving and being proud but honestly I don't think that's necessarily what we need like I think we could have a world in which Stranger Things is full of characters of color and queer characters who are grappling with what it means to be queer and a person of color in the 80s as alongside the issues of the upside down and the demogorgon because it feels like those things match up in an interesting way. Like, I think whenever there's, like, a big underworld that feels like it's, like, sucking on your soul that, like, nobody else knows about, like, that really, to me, total closet metaphor. Like, that that's just, like, that's, what my yeah. brain says.
0: That's literally... Um, and famously... Yeah
1: in the show bible um which tv shows have this thing called a show bible which is when you have multiple writers on a tv show you have a piece of writing that explains things for character consistency that everyone can go to so that everyone's writing the same show and not everyone's writing their own show um famously in the character bible will is he he's mentioned as queer he's like a little he's like a little yeah, twinky gay they boy they say or he's like a
2: boy with with um, what do they call it? They call it something issues. It's, like, sexual
1: identity issues sh- or something.
2: Sexual identity yeah, issues. <laughs> um.
1: Oh, my like, god damn. And <laughs> it's insane. It seems like, 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 textually, it seems like Stranger Things is, like, erring on the side of, like, they kind of want to touch the thing that they don't want to touch. But they don't want to touch it, yeah. so they're not gonna touch it.
0: But then it results in, like, all of these weird mistakes being made when they want to, like, mm-hmm. talk about capitalism or something. And it, like, because you have the big shopping mall in oh season three, and, like, it's a like they mention like oh my god all the mom and pop shops are like going out of business and then you have like the only time capitalism is explicitly discussed is like coming out of the body of a little black girl who's at the exact intersections between race and and class to like be harmed the most by capitalism and then you have in season two which is like maybe i'm just like angry brown person about this but i i feel like the the positioning of a bunch of queer coded and like people of color, like a group that like Eleven runs off to to like find herself, like this little white girl gets shown by an like an angry brown woman, um, how to use her rage, uh, is yeah. gross to me. Also, that character is another test waters character in terms of like, do you think maybe yeah. they want to spin off? Oh, they don't. Never mind. We'll just throw her away. It like and it never mention it again. And like all of these all of these queer characters, all of these characters who look different, you have Barb, you have Bob, you have like characters who don't fit the aesthetic, um that can get thrown away because you get your like little bit of representation, and then you're like we've they, we've fed the diversity monster, and they can go back in the closet now. like it's like if they do it, then it's fine, but like, they mention it so, so scarcely that like you're still asking questions about why the fuck they they're talking about capitalism in this way in a show about fighting communists
1: it's because stranger things hates counterculture like they like the aesthetic of counterculture which but is they hate counter-culture. super i think season three something that kind of pissed me off about season three that is like so like Pretentious art school person of me was, like, the costuming being, like, this kind of, like, great celebration of, like, 80s counterculture fashion and, like, it being worn by, like, all these, like,
2: like, boring white teenagers. I don't know. They're like, we want to have the fun outfits, but they're not acknowledging like, where the fun outfits, like, actually come from. And, you know? Nita, you're
1: absolutely like, like,
2: picking up on the thing that most, like, in rate like I think actually
1: after season two I was quite angry season three I think I wasn't that mad about it. I was just like whatever like season three of stranger things but I remember being angry about the the little like band of evil queer people in season two they were like
0: so- being murderous yeah.
1: villains yeah. and also the specific demonization of them being like hey like we have been horribly victimized by this group of people and we feel violently towards them and we're going to take action towards the violence that has been perpetrated against us and the specific villainization of that trait is really hard to swallow because it's so weird if you're like of the counterculture like if you're queer or a person of color or whatever what are you supposed to like get out of that like what do you do with your rage if you're not you're not allowed to express your rage you're not allowed to like actionize your rage So, like, what are you supposed to do with it? Like, what are you supposed to do with the trauma of, like, living with being part of counterculture if you're not allowed to do anything about it and that's the problem that Will deals with and that's the problem that Eleven deals with and that's the problem that all the weird queer characters deal with? That's not something Stranger Things is willing to touch. So they just make all the characters that act on their anger evil.
0: Well, then also Eleven becomes this, like, moral high ground of, like she is this like pure little white girl that then is like oh my god what you guys are doing is so bad and then you never reconcile with any of that but here's the thing like with counterculture with rage that's where all the change comes from that's where everything that's ever changed Mm -hmm. in this country comes from and i think that like that's a conversation i have with my dad sorry dad if you're listening but like martin luther king was assassinated and then people rioted for like a week and then the civil rights Act was passed like the change yeah. comes from rage it doesn't come from like just sitting around and being nice because when have your oppressors ever been nice to you why would you change things by being nice back yeah what does that do and i just think that like yeah. this show is, show is showing us such a sanitized version of the 80s i think people right now we're looking at i mean i don't i hope because there's that like 30 year cycle 20 year cycle of like nostalgia I don't I hope we never look back on this time that we're living in right now with nostalgia. Um that would be absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Um
1: oh, But God. but
0: like I feel like people are looking at the 80s,
1: the 2020s.
0: Yeah, and people but... are looking at the 80s and being like, "Okay, well if we could get through like the AIDS crisis and like the crack epidemic, maybe we can get through like now." But also the people dealing with those things were uh, are people that aren't shown in stranger things like the people like yeah, we don't I was gonna have say, to see AIDS
2: it. is just simply not mentioned no, in stranger it's things not and it never there. will be
0: it, yeah. yeah and but and it's it's so unfortunate because like the AIDS epidemic this thing happening under your feet and no one else can see it but you because you're the people you're the kids being affected by it is so emblematic of like the AIDS epidemic
1: it's so emblematic about like what it means to be part of a counterculture Any of this. like
0: yeah mm-hmm
1: feeling like you're dealing with this huge other world that no one else can see like that's yeah that's that's what it is that's the, that's that's, that's trauma that's, that's it trauma. that's it
0: stranger things yeah. is on a
1: metaphor gold mine
0: yeah yeah i feel like the only other thing i wanted to talk about is that i think that season 1 does a really good job of like picking apart the parts of the 80s that like actually feed the plot of the story so i don't think that season one is derivative of 80s framing and and like because all art is recycled like there's a whole ted talk and book about like stealing like an artist and i feel like season one does a great job of doing that in c i think season one is not derivative but then season two and three are derivative of season one and that's where mm-hmm. the problem for me lies. I think those are that's when the pitfalls of nostalgia happens and my questioning of like why these things are still happening. I think like bringing back the upside down every time, bringing back the same monster every time is like why did we blow up the death star if you're just going to make another one? Like yeah. it just keeps happening.
2: I was gonna say that I wanted my thing one thing I wanted to talk about um, if I don't get to talk about anything else in this section is just like the way that plot and world like devolves through the seasons and just like how annoying that is and like again this is something that I touched on in the last episode and I wanted to like give space to in this episode is just how like I mean in season three the plot entirely falls apart there are so many plot holes Mm -hmm. and I wish that I had time to like get into it but like what are the rats (laughs) <laughs> I still don't understand what the rats mean. What, what are I mean? they? How are they connected? Yeah, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> It's like the rats explode and then they turn into sludge and they're part of the, de- like, what? Why are they there? They're What? We already have the demo We already have an evil animal. Why do you need more? Anyways, and why are they eating fertilizer? Why are they in that old lady's house? <laughs>
0: but,
2: sorry, that was getting into well, a little well, bit of no, a like, bitch It's like what Harris
0: like, and I were talking about. We were talking about horror movies and like the, the like, Annoyingness of sequels and like the promise of like a possession yeah. movie, which is like, Oh my God, what did we go through all that for if you're just gonna bring it back again and like make it worse, yeah, and you have to keep inventing like all the reasons Jason can come back, like how did he come back this time, and Jason takes Manhattan? I don't fucking know, like it just I know. keep keep doing it, and I think like it sucks because season one does that stealing of other things so well, like it boils down all of the elements of why we like eighties things and then like mm-hmm. masters it but then yeah. like to the point where like people are watching stranger things without having known like any of this 80s st- like my sister can watch stranger things and then like can look at 80s movies through the lens of stranger things just as effectively as she can look through stranger things through the lens of 80s films like she can go and reverse it and like that's really cool it's like when you watch citizen kane for the first time and you're like oh it's just like this and this and this and this movie and it's, like, done that, like, in a really well, like, in a really good way. It, like, has done homage and done pastiche. Like, god, I'm using such gross words. um, Like, gross big boy words. Um, But it, like, creates this world for us that's so magical and, like, wonderful and, like, takes things from all the shit that I love. And I think that it's just, like, fucked it over in seasons two and three because... Yeah. because they just had to go bigger, and I feel like after you get to that first season, like, you can't go bigger. Like, you fully can't go bigger without it, like, being really bad.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, as I said in the last episode a little bit, like, I think, like, season two has a special place in my heart, and it never will not, I think, just because of, like, I adore Car- Will's character progression in season two, and I also think that Noah Schnapp is a fantastic actor, mm. and it's just, like, wonderful to get to see him act, and also, the interrogation scene at the end of season two is like one of my favorite scenes in television just ever like I just think it's so wonderful and I also think that like oh god I can't go down a rabbit hole but like the way that Will and Mike's like friendship relationship is set up in season two is so delightful and like if they didn't just like completely axe that into the gutter in season three it could have been something like delightful but in terms of the world like season two I get like it it makes sense it makes the most sense that it could for a sequel you know like I think that they could and maybe should have ended it after season one but if they were gonna make a sequel at least like what happens in season two essentially makes sense and the world is still pretty compact but then with season three it's just we need more of it let's figure it out let's throw in the Russians because Americans hate Russians and communism and like let's make the monster possess more people and let's sad rats and whatever and it just like season three never should have existed did not have to exist and it also doesn't do the thing that season two did is where it's like okay well if it exists it might as well make sense season three exists when it doesn't have to and also doesn't even make sense (laughs) so it's just like
0: i just i just yeah i think like the the takeaway of that is like how the the lesson I feel like we've learned from nostalgia and from Stranger Things is like you can't milk it for this long without exactly. losing you just need narrative to uh, credibility. The like cow dies and like, yeah. It, if you milk the cow yeah. for too long, the cow's gonna die.
1: One more thing, like in the in the realm of Stranger Things failing its own formula, is like season one mastered the ensemble cast, and then season two and three killed the ensemble cast. By the two. time we hit the end end of season three, I was literally just skipping to the Robin, Steve, Dustin, Erica <laughs> yeah. sections, like I just great. because they were the only part that I cared to watch. Because as I said exactly. at the top of bitch hat how one of my major problems with stranger things is the fact that i have to watch love triangles between 14
0: year
2: olds i don't want it to happen i just don't do not
0: like it the show listened too much to its audience i think because from season two you got that like lovely dustin and steve relationship that happened so organically, and then there, and then the Duffer Brothers or whoever was writing this was like, "Oh, you like that? Great, that's the whole show now." And it's like, exactly. but that wasn't the and whole show because do. the core character was Will, and then you have exactly that and they one did they, in season three where he blows up. They did that dirty in everyone. season three. Yeah, he blows up. At, I in season I probably just blew up my mic, but like, no, it's okay. Yeah. When he when Will has that moment in season three, that's like the best part and then they throw and then he never gets anything like that ever again and it's like i know fuck. like okay and also
2: like not to mention that like Noah Schnapp and Millie Bobby Brown and I guess Finn Wolf. I don't know. I'm not going to rank child actors. <laughs> never mind. But like Noah Noah Schnapp is a really great actor and he showed that in season 2 and then they just like didn't use him in season 3 and I'm like what are you doing? For, you did this for what? And all that happens in season three is that Mike is homophobic to Will. <laughs> it's like, and also okay. just like
1: generally like I think Will, like I think they undermine the seriousness of Will's like Character in season three yeah. by like mm-hmm. making his whole thing be like I wear a wizard hat and I really want to play D anD D and all the other kids are like we just want to be serious teens and he's like no we want to make out with our girlfriends
2: stunted. he is emotionally emotionally literally emotionally stunted. stunted he had whole months of his life mm. literally more than like he had like a year and a half of his life ripped away stolen from him, from him in his in his
1: fundamental years. I think <laughs> that one of the the problems that season three has is that it doesn't take that seriously. Like, no. like watching yeah. Will experience that yeah. is, like, cringy instead of, like, important. Yeah. And so, like, the thing season three does the best is the little Robin, Dustin, Erica, Steve, like, zone. Like, that's the only thing that I cared to watch even though I don't really yeah. get the whole why are we... Fighting the Russians okay, thing,
0: but like, um, right? Why are the Russians in the mall? My, why did
2: the Russians create a
0: fake my mall? My gripe <laughs> about Erica is that she does kind of sometimes fall into sassy black character, which oh, is yeah, annoying. Yeah, which yeah, is not sure. fair to do to that actress, and is also unfair to do. Like, I it just feels like okay, aren't we past? Aren't we past that? Like the other day on Twitter, there was this like stand-up set that was like going around of this white woman making a bunch of like Seven Eleven jokes about an in- her Indian stepdad, and like people were freaking oh, I saw out. That. Like, people were screaming. I was screaming. I was like, "Aren't we past this?" Like it and it just like that section in season three is just like so upsetting to watch because you're like, okay, they couldn't have written like, something are we not better. free? Yeah, they couldn't ri- they could not have written this character better than like it's 2019. Like
1: the thing that's compelling about that little band of characters is we- is that they have no reason to be friends and they yeah. are friends anyway. <laughs> is that like right. like, yeah. like okay, what are the like four people least likely to hang out with each other? Like some random 13-year-old, a like burnt bur- a high school grad burnout, a like smart lesbian and, like, a, like, nine-year-old black girl, and, like, they go into a Russian base underneath their mall. And, like, that is, like... I just don't care to watch anything other than that.
0: But it's also derivative of in season two when you have Dustin and Steve.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, like, I'm protective of it because it was the only thing I liked about season three. Oh, same. And I I just... I mean, I think this is kind of a bitch-why thing. Like, I think that, like, the weird exploitation of like the child actor like relationships and like chemistry like i think is really weird and yeah. i think like millie bobby brown and finn wolford have both talked about how like kissing on set has been weird He's for weird. them
0: okay I, and, yeah, like, I actually have i have an article about that in Bitchwise, so we should save it and just okay. do bitch time Quick. uh
1: it's bitch. it's bitch time
0: it's bitch time This is where we get to bitch for three minutes, even though uh, even though Adeline and I really did just yell about like queer trauma. um, it's fine. Yeah, I feel like we did it's a little okay. bit of bitch no, it's time fine. just then, but that's it's okay. Fine. No, it's okay. It's
1: because bitch time can now be devoted to talking about how Stranger Things plagiarized my, my place.
0: Oh, Freshly great. Year, uh, okay, it's bitch time. I'm going to get the timer. I also just need to out myself as someone who is attracted to Billy, though.
2: No! No! <gasps> no! I'm why just did saying... you do that right at the beginning? Nita, why would you just say that? <laughs> <Billy>? Oh, <laughs> my God. Wait, I didn't
0: even What's start the timer. God? I'm just saying he's hot. So like, good. the actor locking is timer. hot. fucking
1: the- timer. Hot.
0: I'm starting the timer, Start the timer I'm now. just saying I want that actor to choke me. Okay, I'm done. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god. When Nona Ryder as Joyce is right there.
2: Oh my god. Disgusting. This Disgusting. Horrible. Maya okay, I need to briefly- <laughs> should, Maya Hawk is right there, I saw I... Maya Hawk at Veselka once. Okay,
0: wait, I saw should Maya I Hawk pause
2: at the timer? T- no, shut the
0: up! <laughs> I saw I saw herself. I saw I saw Nancy and Jonathan twice in the same day, and they both they ran past me. And Jonathan was always like, "Who's running?" and, and Nancy's running after him. Like they were in the East Village, wow. and I saw them for a whole day. They haunted me. Now that
2: we've shamed
1: Nitha for being attracted to Billy, who is not under any it's circumstances not just Billy. To it's be like naked.
0: that actor is hot. That actor is no, so hot. We cannot oh take a bitch time with this. This okay, is not I'm the so time. Sorry.
2: We cannot do this. Okay. <laughs> we do this. I just want to talk, talk about how strange things are my world
1: what okay go go okay i, I wrote a play for so year of time. college which is about a pair of demon hunters running away from some demons and hiding in a bathroom and then one of them tries to make a move on the other and then the other comes out as gay and i wrote this before stranger things season three came out and then stranger things season three had the best season the in the the best scene in the entire season is the scene where the demon hunters are running away from the demons and they hide in a bathroom and then one of them makes a move on the other one and then the other one comes out as gay
2: we literally we will texted need to like, you. like Gaia if you're okay with this, we need to link to the Google drive of your play so that people can read it and realize like how yeah, much Yeah, literally that it was like we all the I'm like, sure we all know.
0: texted Gaia separately as we're watching that scene Everyone and we're like, did. Gaia, that's your okay, Dagger Montgomery also, and gonna... Maya Hawk, um, I am free and Joe Keery, I am free whenever. Please Keery, hit yeah. me up. Okay. Joe Kiri, you I wrote valid. I wrote baseball bat nanny. <laughs>
2: First, I need to
0: talk for about Steve.
2: Mike and Will. Let oh, me talk speak. about Mike, Mike and Will. Mike and Will in season two changed my yes. life. Like, they really could have gone somewhere with that. Like, that is the only, like, I. That's it, the only, like, relationship. And I say that in quotations because I do not want it to get, like, sexual or even necessarily romantic but that is the only relationship between two children in this show that I actually yeah. care about like literally when they go in season two Mike is the only person who cares about Will it's so tender Mike is the person who gets Will to like snap out of it in the scene in the in, in interrogation scene which is one of my favorite scenes where he says do you remember the day we first met you asked me if I wanted to be your friend and I said yes and and Will taps out the Morse code and he gets him out of the Demogorgon and it's so sweet and when 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 Will is losing his memory and he can't remember <sighs> who hopper his mom is but they point to mike and they say who's that he goes that's my friend mike i'm like
3: are you kidding me right now
2: <laughs> and like also the fact the way that mike and will interact and when mike realizes that like in order to save them and to save Will, he needs to like drug will and like he needs to like stab him with the syringe and like having to hurt someone because you care about them so much and you know like in that moment that you have to hurt that person but like it's gonna be better for them in the end and
0: like
1: Nita, I'm sorry to I think cheat on it. you like this, but like watching Adeline hyperfix it, no, it activates we, my tender. Gally,
0: we both <laughs> like we literally both were staring at Adeline. Like, with a, like, smiling softly. yeah. When,
2: after the trick-or-treating scene, when they're, like, Mike is like, sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy, and was like, me too. And then Mike's like, if we'll go crazy, we're gonna go crazy together, right? I'm like, you guys had everything. The Duffer brothers, I'm speaking directly to you. You had everything. And you gave it away. And for what? So that Mike and Eleven can awkwardly make out and Millie Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard can feel uncomfortable about it for the rest of their life? What is wrong with you?
0: What have you done? <laughs> um, can I just and that's all the I was only saying. thing I forgot to say is that like stop naming characters after Kali, the destroyer goddess. I just think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because the the Indian character's name is Kali, but they call her Kali. Oh yeah. I I gave you an extra minute, Adeline, because we just needed oh to watch God. that. Um. Wow! Thank you very
1: much. That was soft. I felt, I felt tender that watching was good. yell. I'm sorry. I'm glad,
0: I'm I'm glad sorry. you felt tender because I felt feral. I'm so sorry for being <laughs> horny on main. On the in the first You should be. Yeah,
1: you should be. He's okay. You should be. Although Joe Curie can rail me and so can I jo- a hawk and they can do it at the same time. I was about to like. say,
2: like, Joe Curie in season two of Stranger Things did like genuinely spur a like sexuality crisis for me early senior year of high school where I thought I might be straight.
0: The farrah Foss. Because I was just so attracted spray. to him. He's so hot. Yeah.
2: I think I just really
0: yeah. like mullets.
2: No. Mullets on women are the only acceptable I'm, mullet
0: Okay. Well I just think Dacre Montgomery is a oh, Non-binary non-native. people
1: are allowed to have mullets. Non-binary people Thank are you. allowed to
0: have mullets, uh, and women are allowed to have mullets. But cis men are not. And I'm sorry for being exactly. horny about a cis...
2: Bleep it. It's okay. I can so forgive you. To you. It's okay. Gaia,
0: you are not allowed
2: to bully Nita for that. Actually, Gaia's
0: not allowed to bully me. Only no, I am. Stop. I am the only
2: person here who is actively in a relationship with a woman. I can't believe that I'm in this situation. Oh my god. I'm so glad I got that out of my system. Uh, yeah, I feel so much that better was really now. Okay, beautiful. here we go. <laughs>
0: okay, amazing. Right. Okay, we're in Bitch Y. Bitchwise where we talk about what the implications Why? of all this shit was. Um uh here's Why Okay. It so, yeah. the Duffer brothers in between season 2 and 3 had a accusation against them of verbal abuse, threatening and forcing crew members to quit the project they, because they and they were all women who complained. And so the Duffer brothers they, like, apologized, and their apology was, like, we are so sorry that, like, you felt this way on our set, which is, like, the quintessential, like, male is Like, oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we believe strongly mm-hmm. in treating everyone fairly, regardless of gender orientation, race, religion, blah, 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 anything else, whatever. Anyway, I think that that is where that obnoxious feminist conversation comes up in season three. I think that's why um also also the actress who plays max sadie sink expressed that she was uncomfortable and stressed out by the idea of having to kiss caleb who plays lucas um and the duffer brothers in an interview were like oh but we only like put it in there because we thought it'd be funny because you expressed that you were stressed out by the idea I remember that happening. And so it's also he, yeah. Caleb
1: is the the oldest of the kids by like a fair margin. Too, I think so. Yeah, he? he's like eighteen. He's eighteen now. now,
0: but I think when they were filming he was still yeah. under but still it's But was, I mean, like he 16, was like yeah. sixteen and they were like fourteen. Right. And so they've yeah. they've Which like have so many moments of like making children and women on their set uncomfortable Ben Wolfhard and mm-hmm. Millie Bobby Brown as like Adeline was saying earlier have also like expressed that like they were uncomfortable and also I think it like I feel like in a couple of years we're going to look back on like child actors and be like that was unethical like why did we have so many child actors in our things and I think like the and Adeline what you were talking about not to like I feel like you can forge really lovely bonds in storytelling and while you're talking about Will and Mike my whole the whole time I was like god it's so unfortunate that like 11 is not afforded the same care in her storytelling
2: literally yeah yeah.
0: and like like it's
2: not there's not a problem with mike or 11 individually but the way that their relationship is handled by the storytelling is just like also also hopper
0: hopper becomes a dick in the later seasons and (laughs) no one ever talks about how he basically like coerces coerces joyce into like going out with him he doesn't take no for an answer it's like such a ted mosby uh ross geller like move of him to like not take no for an Mm -hmm. answer uh and then finally she just but she's like literally like grieving bob and yeah yeah Yeah. and then and then also hopper just basically becomes like bruce willis and Hard slash like uh character in terminator like like slowly i think and 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 with the with the, the newer seasons Is like everyone is like invincible now Everyone is now an action hero When they don't need to be like The magic of the first season is like That these are just kids And like yes one of them is like E.T. but the rest of them are kids And like their magic mm-hmm. is that they're kids And that they don't have to spend all this time Questioning the Demogorgon Because they already name it They're like oh my god that's our that's a Demogorgon Oh my god it's like in Star Wars when this happens And like The fact that they are kids is their superpower, and I think that slowly we lose all of that by season three.
1: Yeah. I mean, Eleven has serious Born Sexy Yesterday problems for, like, a child. Yeah. Which is, like, the trope of, like, having, like, a seriously naive... I mean, we've been watching a lot of Rocky Horror around here, which is, like, the OG Born Sexy Yesterday trope, which is, like, you have super naive character, but is just sexy and... Mm and other characters exploit how naive they are so that they can be sexy and even though it's just like in a kid way it's still kind of weird that like 11 has kind of like is like developmentally like akin probably to like a far younger child and like a like significant portion of her character arc is devoted to the fact that she is in
0: love with Will. She's emotionally Will stunted. Him. They're it's, all yeah, stunted. It's so weird. Y'all like somebody help them um i feel like
2: one of the biggest things i would change about stranger things is just like Axe 11 having any romantic relationship because it does nothing it It actually i feel like it actively harms her character
0: like yeah why are they why are we watching relationship drama for like all of season three it's weird like it's It's like doesn't make any sense
1: um I also think Stranger Things kind of, like, ushered in, like, an age of, of, like, child actor fetishization. Like, I think, like, Stranger Things really started, like, and I think we're starting to kind of see this more and more with TikTok stars who are also, Mm. like, Mm. like, classically young children who are just, like, living their lives. I, like, go on Snapchat and, like, 17 has, like, a story about, like, one of the various, like, 16-year-olds that they, like, stalk and, yeah. like, and, and like, I'm, like, wow, like, an adult is paid who? to stalk this 16-year-old. Yeah,
0: like, people are cheating on each other or, like, one of them has an eating disorder and then had to come out about it or, like, yeah, like, Jesus, like, they're just kids. And, like, yeah. I wonder, I'm, I, I wonder, it'd be nice to,
1: like, find... I don't know what it is now, but I I'd, I'd be interested to like find a way to zoom out on the implications about like why are we really into children right now as a society? Like what why Oh, are we you know so what actually
0: I was going to I was going to ask because Harris and I were talking about horror movies and um the the thing about horror Famously. and the thing about like what it means as a reflection of the time period we're living in like zombie movies are like the the epitome of like what it means when everyone is like mindless and like a slave to capitalism or something and so like what does it mean that like it which we're gonna get into next week stranger things these (sighs) these movies where like the adults don't believe you so you're forced to like deal with everything on your own and i'm wondering if like that is kind of the millennial and like gen z fear is that like we are left to deal with this world on our own because everything has been left to us Mm. and like now we're stuck and no one's helping us Mm -hmm. do we think that like well you figured it it out (laughs) did i figure it out
1: you figured I it out. I think that
0: might be it. That's compelling and I think it's interesting
1: that then we have all these like children that are being like aged by the media. Mm-hmm. Um there's like a mm-hmm. huge co- coalition of young children who are really in a position of like strange power. But also like yeah. vulnerability and I don't know, like I don't know what the conversation is surrounding the fact like these children are hugely powerful like they are very wealthy like the struggles they're experiencing are nothing compared, or not nothing, they're just so vastly different from the struggles that children living in poverty are experiencing. Mm -hmm. I just don't know, and I I wish that we were thinking a little bit more cognizantly about, like, the way we use children in media and, like, yeah Yeah. why we use children in media and how we use children in media and what we care about when we're putting children in our media.
0: I think by the time we know what the the impact of it is on, like, Millie Bobby Brown or any of these kids, by the time we know, I think it'll be too late. Exactly. Oh, that's a sad note to end on, but I feel like we got it. Well, yeah oh boy! Yeah. i mean i
2: also think that the one other like implication from season three especially is just like the russian anti-communist propaganda oh, what? yeah. yeah what's going on there like i feel like children who watch stranger things watching that i feel like we don't yet necessarily know what but it's like why are we rehashing the red scare right now like what is happening <laughs> i just i think that whole thing is so weird i mean i know why but like, but like yeah, well like why yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's weird. That's,
0: that's I the only other thing I can I don't know of, how but... to,
1: like, feel about that, because, like, on one hand, it's like, I don't... Would, would Stranger Things have anything to say about class? Because I don't think they do. They're not good at saying anything that they have to say about class. They are really good at having, like, weird, muddy conversations about class that don't make sense. But, um, hmm. like, is this Red Scare thing, are, like, they trying to, like... Is, like, the Red Scare thing in season three their way of, like, doing the ultimate, like making like the ultimate neutrality statement about how like hey we're acknowledging like trump colluding with russia but it's also the red scare so we're like anti-communist like is that your like like tray moderate like stance on like politics like having having the stranger things kids fight the russians
0: i don't is know that it?
2: it's just it's, it's like it's like i get it that it's the 80s and it's the cold war so so like Theoretically, logistically, it it makes sense for the upside because they set it up in season one as the upside down was something they were trying to use as a as a Cold War tactic. It also ties into the whole MK Ultra thing, which was also a Cold War tactic. So I get it, but then so so on that sense, like I get, I guess bringing in the Russians makes sense on that point but it also doesn't make sense to have all these kids who don't know what the cold war is just like fighting full adult russian like kgb agents <laughs>
0: it's just like it's so it doesn't it doesn't weird. make sense and i feel I like we know. should just kind of leave it, it there yeah yeah
1: we can leave it there well, that's it our make great sense. question mark for the implications of stranger things when season four comes out and we have to make a podcast episode about it I'm
2: sure Oh, yeah, because sure they are will come going back. to Russia uh, in season four because Hopper's in,
0: Hopper's in, in a gullet. is Hopper Copaganda? <laughs> anyway, we're
1: done. I, yeah, so I've been thinking about that. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't, anyway. I, I don't know. I think that's something we have to, to put, put, put a pin, a pin in. in um, we have to put a pin in the fact is is Copaganda question um, mark? Anyway, great. we yeah. talk about cops all the time.
0: Okay, uh, we're this bitch meter time. It's time for the bitch meter. This is where we rank the thing on representation. Gaia, what do we give it for queer? We
1: gave it an NA minus one for everything we've spoken about.
0: Yes. Um, Listen to the episode yeah. if you
1: want to know why.
0: For gender, we gave it a four just because it so explicitly talks about feminism in the second and third season. So we have to give it its dues, even though it's like annoyingly explicit. Anyway, uh, it's a four. Adeline, what do we give it for race?
2: So for race, we gave it a one because of kind of with the queer thing, what we've talked about. There are two black characters. They don't, they, the Stranger Things problem in terms of the 80s and race. Um, and also one of them kind of falls into the sassy black girl trope, which is no good. But black people Kali, do exist.
0: like stop naming your characters, Colin. Oh like, yeah. Pick a better and, Indian name, please. Her. I'm begging you.
1: Neetha, what did we give it for disability?
0: We gave it an, our NA plus one because of Dustin. And hey Dustin, we visible disabilities last... are important. Yes, we talked about it last episode. Great. What do we give it for body positivity, Gaia?
1: Yeah, hey, our customary minus one. Please cast a fat person in anything, Please. Thank You and don't and
0: if you do, don't villainize them yeah. or kill Thank them. You. Yep. Great. Thank you. Madeline. What do we give it for class? Uh we gave it a one.
2: Uh because again, it doesn't deal directly with class. Um. It's, I mean, there's a very brief moment where Jonathan is like, I can't lose my job because I need money. There's the whole, like, the buyers are poor, but it's never engaged in an interesting way. And also there's um, anti-communist pro-capitalist propaganda. They have a little black girl talk about how much she loves capitalism, which makes zero sense.
0: So. And that leaves us with a final score of... 3 out of 10 on the bitch meter. Yikes. Um... I think that's the same as season one, so that's really consistent. Again, this is a measure of representation, and it often correlates but does not cause quality, so please keep that in mind. We do really love Stranger Things, but as far as representation goes, it's not doing such a great job. It's time for Harris's hot take. Harris, hot. he's hot. He's got tape. Hello. Hi, Harris. 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 Oh <laughs> um, we're good. We're recording a second episode of Stranger Things, so we need your hot take on season two and three.
3: Uh, oh, two and three. three. two and prepared three. prepared for three. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, season two, all I really care about is Billy's hot uh, mullet.
2: Oh my um, fucking god. Oh. <laughs> oh, Harris,
0: Harris, they're getting so mad at you because I also said Billy is hot and they shut bullied up. me. I think he's super hot. He's
3: hot in the same way the Pennywise actor is hot. Oh, shut the
0: fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> uh. Harris, Harris, no, don't expose yourself like um, this.
3: Also, uh, that kiss in season two, I wish they would have just, like, suggested it and pan the camera up Ooh. because they're like
0: that's hot young, and you can call me suggest call me like by you your name style
3: it. yeah what the heck is with that
2: like <laughs> oh you mean you mean just between Michael and yeah. at the end um,
3: and season yeah. three i know i know it's the mall <laughs> my roommate's telling me it's the mall um i i feel like i didn't really enjoy it as much as any of the other ones yeah, but team. i like the colors i like yeah. the cinematography the
0: aesthetic is great
3: yeah, it's a really good aesthetic. Oh, and also gay people, yeah. I guess are involved, so that makes something better. Yeah. I I I, I was also like a capitalist back then and really <laughs> like that young girl character, but now I need to reevaluate my life.
0: I'm proud so. of you. This is growth, Harris. <laughs> this is growth.
3: Oh, there was one more thing I was gonna say. Wait, can I can I say something about yeah. how how much time do I have?
0: No, you're good
3: okay i was reading this thing about horror movies <gasps> and how like a lot of them place the like horror in suburbia because uh that's what the people the generation were like comfortable in
0: harris and stop i literally was talking about was... this i love you you were,
3: you were talking
0: about it yeah on the pod we were i was talking about how like horror reflects like the time period and like what it means when you place horror in specific places
3: yeah, so yeah. I'm wondering, are we just afraid of our past right
0: now? <gasps> oh, like, So sexy. That was a history. hot take.
3: Okay,
1: Ooh, That was I delicious, felt that.
0: Harris. Harris, you're getting better. These, right. are These are spicy. That was amazing. Adeline is saying it was spicy. That was his hottest ever him, take. Okay. Tell I him will. I
1: love him. All right. Tell him right uh, now. I love
0: yeah. you. Mwah. Bye.
1: You didn't tell him.
0: Yes, Harris. That, that was hot. so good. Harris, I've never seen oh, more delicious. attracted to Harris.
2: He got scared because I said on the last episode that some of his tapes yeah. are
0: lukewarm, so he wow. brought it. Wow. Okay, uh, let's do Craig's email next week.
2: Craig, we'll we care top, so much and about you. We'll do you. it at the no.
0: top. Can, wait, can Craig. We... Thank you so much for your lovely email.
1: Can we just like make sure to include Cra- that like Craig, like we think about you like every day, and that like your email <laughs> will be discussed. <laughs>
0: We will, Not in we a will weird way, but, like, email. we really, really um, appreciate it. <laughs> yes, we will. And I can even post your review on the Instagram if people want to read it. It's um, sweet. We it's love it's just Craig. so sweet. It's really nice, and it makes oh, us happy yeah. that, like, someone really else nice. was telling me that they're listening to the podcast. Like, some random people on Twitter I don't know who I'm, like, mutuals with are telling me that they're listening to the podcast and that they really love it. And it's just, like, really cute and sweet. Um... Oh my god, what are we working on? Gaia, what are you working on?
1: Oh boy, I'm writing a script and I'm applying to jobs on farms. My script is an adaptation of a play that I wrote a while ago called We Goo and Then Die. Um, Get ready, folks. Adeline used to be in it.
2: I was in a workshop of it. It was very fun. So sexy. Adeline, what are you working on? I'm still working on the short film. I am filming, um, later tonight. We're almost done, and, um, I am very excited to see it once it is done. It's gonna be the first time I've ever acted in a fully completed short film, and the first time that I have written one that has been filmed to completion, so it's very exciting.
0: Amazing. Yeah.
2: What are you working on, Nita?
0: I am working on my short film. We shoot in three weeks, and I'm gonna be in New York. God bless, and, uh, I'm also yeah. working on a paper for our sex and gender and greek tragedy class about, yes so am i about <laughs> final girls and greek women in tragedy and reading greek women in tragedy as the final girls of their plays which got a crazy reaction yesterday when i talked about it so it's gonna be a sexy paper
2: i must plug real quick that i'm writing a paper and i'm not sure exactly what i'm writing on them, but one of my possible topics is the um uh, phenomenon that's especially prevalent in ancient greek society of men hating women so much that they just become gay
0: adeline should we have the bitch why listeners vote on your paper topic wait yes literally because i okay. can't choose okay, okay, okay we'll okay. make that a poll okay <laughs> we're gonna make it a p- my paper topic <gasps> okay this send me so both exciting. of your paper and send, send me your paper topic ideas will. and we'll will. and we'll make it a poll <laughs> okay hell yeah this is so exciting so amazing okay great right. um Alright, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Neetha underscore Thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I.
1: And you can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River.
0: And you can follow me on Instagram at adelin.rose,
2: A-D-E-L-Y-N-N.rose, and on Twitter at Neil X Perry. <gasps> um, and I also Sorry. might request, I might request that I link my Will Byers playlist in the yes! show notes because it is one of my favorite things I've ever done. The first song on the playlist is Somebody to Love by Queen. Uh, so <laughs> it also has You're My Best Friend by Queen
0: on there. So she says, Christ okay yes Anyways, amazing that's it you can follow the
1: bitch why podcast on at bitch why podcast on instagram or on twitter or on both of those things and you can email us at b at gmail.com
0: please leave a review and rate us on itunes and tell us how to get this on google podcasts all of the resources so that's referenced including adeline's playlist and the comic gaia mentioned will be My in play the playlist show notes. is titled
2: It's not my fault you don't like girls, a quote from season 3.
0: Jesus. Christ. Wow. <laughs> uh, thank you to our editor and co-producer Cameron and the our graphic designer, designer Jillian. Oh, good night bitches. Don't let the demogorgons bite. Good have a Take. good sleep, bitch. Good night.